0: Jalen Johnson has been granted permission to seek a trade from the Chicago Bears and Ryan Poles should only trade Jalen Johnson if he's absolutely certain he's not going to be able to reach a contract compromise with the young cornerback
1: you are locked on bears your daily Chicago Bears podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com lockedon to get started. On the show today, we start with Jalen Johnson's trade request and why the Bears granted that trade request, and that's the dynamic Ryan Poles finds himself in that's kind of unfortunate, but it's also the modern business of the NFL. Then we'll turn our attention to the kind of the hullabaloo and the controversy that bubbled out of the Sunday night football broadcast and the way that Chris Collinsworth and the NBC crew talked about Justin Fields and Tyson Bagent. There's been some uproar about there being a narrative there, and we'll kind of talk about the narrative about the narrative and how it feels to me like this is all getting really blown out of proportion. And then we'll check in on a strange situation with Jaquan Brisker's health and being out of the concussion protocol and back into the concussion protocol without having played any football games in between. But we have to start with the big NFL trade deadline news. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported late last night that Jalen Johnson requested a trade and Chicago granted permission for him to search for a new home before the trade deadline. That The player and team negotiated contract stuff last week but couldn't come close to a deal. And so now Jalen Johnson is available. I guess perhaps by the time you're listening to this, there's a chance he could be traded by this point. But I think it's key here that the Bears are not shopping Jalen Johnson necessarily. Jalen Johnson, the wording here, Jalen Johnson requested a trade and they granted him permission to seek one. And so it's not as though the Bears are necessarily going to just go take whatever lowest, you know, whatever offer they can get from some team because they're just desperately trying to get rid of him. But it's that Jalen Johnson is looking for a chance to go to another team that might be more willing to pay him what he's worth. Because, you know, there's some there's some similarities in the situation, not from the request, but with with, with Roquan Smith last season, right? Where in the final year of his contract, negotiating with the Bears, Ro- Roquan had, I think, requested a trade earlier in the offseason, but, uh, you know, They kind of stayed in through the process of the regular season before the Bears ultimately traded him. And so you're at a situation where it's not that you don't think the player is very good. It's that you have a certain value for that player on their next contract. You're willing to pay him X amount. And that player's searching for Y amount of dollars. And if you feel like we're just not going to be able to come to terms on a compromise in between those two things then you assume that he will go to another team in free agency anyway, and you'll let him walk and you'll get nothing. And so the idea would be that you trade him at the trade deadline to get draft pick compensation for a player that otherwise you're going to lose for nothing in free agency because Johnson might be able to net you a compensatory pick in a normal year, but the Bears will have so much salary cap space that they're going to sign so many free agents that they're not going to get any compensatory picks from Jalen Johnson and any other player that leaves in free agency. And so... The idea is that you get the draft pick compensation for him now, giving up on your ability to re-sign him in the offseason because you're waving the white flag and saying, you know what, it's just not going to happen. We're not going to be able to meet on valuation here. But the interesting thing here is the franchise tag, right? The Bears could franchise tag Jalen Johnson and lock him in for another year this offseason keep him around and not trade him and still negotiate another contract or let him play out a year in the franchise tag and try and negotiate again after that. They could have done that with Roquan Smith too, but they decided not to because I think Ryan Poles looked at the free agent linebacker market and said, screw it. We like those guys quite a bit. Let's get the second round pick and still get linebackers. We like, as opposed to trying to resign Roquan Smith and not get that draft capital. He might also look at the cornerback market and look at the cornerbacks on his team and see rookie Tyreek Stevenson that they like rookie Terrell Smith that they like, Second year Kyler Gordon, who could play on the outside if you, in the future, if you need to, like maybe they look at their corners and say, "We like our guys." So if Jalen can't stick around, that sucks. We like Jalen, but unfortunately, we would rather have whatever draft pick you might be able to get for Jalen because that's kind of the other side of the coin here. Roquan Smith got you a second round pick. Will Jalen Johnson? I mean, he's a very good player, and I'm not saying he won't, but it's a, it's a question of how much will he be able to garner you, much much like Roquan. Jalen Johnson will need a contract from whatever new team signs him or whatever new team trades for him. So it lowers his value a little bit. He's also a little less proven than Roquan Smith. I think reputation wise, Roquan Smith was, had a longer buildup of being seen as one of the better young linebackers in the NFL. Whereas I think Jalen Johnson this season has really risen in his perception here, but it hasn't been like four years of everyone knows he's great. It's been like He's been a good player, and this year may be ascending to a slightly higher level, but it's just hard to kind of hard to tell what the market's going to be. All it takes is one team that really likes him and is willing to give up draft picks for him, and the Bears could get a second-round pick for him. I mean, you never know what it's going to look like, but I think that may ultimately end up shaping what the Bears do here more than anything else. Like, I don't think they're eager to trade Jalen Johnson, but they wouldn't say no if the price is right. So if the price is right, I think they'll trade him, but they're not just going to take— you know, a fifth-round pick or whatever for Jalen Johnson, right? I mean, I think it's kind of got to be the right price for the right team. A couple of teams that jump out at me, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have been interested in some help in their secondary. They already traded for Kevin Byard. They have former Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai as their defensive coordinator, although they don't seem like a team that wants to give up a second-round pick if they can, but, you know, they could use another cornerback in that scheme that has some familiarity with it. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers are another cornerback-needy team that, It was hovering right around this, like they're they're winning games. They're not playing super well, but you could use some more depth there, like to go with Joey Porter in that secondary and an older Patrick Peterson. Like he would plug and play in there quite nicely. I would also, if it wasn't Jalen Johnson and the Bears, I would throw the Detroit Lions in that conversation as a team that I could see going after a cornerback on the trade market. But I don't think Ryan Poles would choose to send Jalen Johnson to an inner division rival. It just seems to me like something that might cross a certain line there in terms of sending one of your better young players to a team and helping a division rival. Like, I just don't think that's quite going to happen, but we'll see this deadline day could end up being more exciting than we might've thought. I'm not expecting the bears to go out and be major buyers. You know, we heard reports that they were interested in chase young, but currently that's not really on the table at this point. sounds like the commanders are going to trade one of their defensive linemen for sure. Whether it's sweater young or Jonathan Allen, who knows maybe the bears could be on that, but I would expect And the trade deadline day, my prediction would be Jalen Johnson or nothing for the Bears or maybe like some small like late round draft pick for some lesser known player, but not like big blockbuster. But we'll see. The Jalen Johnson trade request kind of came out of nowhere and Ryan Poles likes to wheel and deal with the deadline. So we'll see what he has in store for us this year. Let's just hope it goes better than the Chase Claypool trade last year. All right. We'll have to to update the trade deadline situation here in the coming days in the podcast. But I want to go back to something interesting from the weekend, the Sunday Night Football Broadcast of Bears Chargers, where the way Chris Collinsworth talked about Tyson Bajant and Justin Fields has a lot of people getting upset about it in a way that I think is, I don't want to say unreasonable, but just getting a little bit blown out of proportion. So we'll talk through some of that narrative and some of the weirdness around that before we get into Jaquan Brisker's concussion and some really concerning stuff coming out about his health next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. DoorDash is here to help you bring delicious food from your area right to your door. And what I love about DoorDash is not only can they go bring you your groceries, but DoorDash is also a great way to patronize local businesses, local restaurants in your area. And you know, sometimes you're in the mood for sushi. You don't necessarily want to go like all the way out for sushi. And there's a lot of different great places that you can get your sushi rolls. A place like Nobu is on DoorDash. You can get delivered right to your right to your door to get your sushi rolls fresh from the local restaurant, brought right to your house. And if you use our promo code, when you order, you're gonna save big on your DoorDash. That's gonna be 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter in our promo code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget that promo code LOCKED23, for 50% off, up to a $10 value on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. There was enough bad on the field during the Bears-Chargers game that I was surprised to see so much uproar and outrage and you know radio rants and blog posts about... Chris Collinsworth talking about Tyson Bajant and Justin Fields. You know, they kept, they'd show Justin Fields on the sideline of the game. and talk about him being injured and they talk about Tyson Bajant being kind of a cool story as a division two guy and his dad, Travis being an interesting person. Like a lot of the things you would expect from a broadcast, but people took a lot of umbrage with some of the ways that Collinsworth talked about Justin Fields. And it feels to me like it's kind of gotten a little bit blown out of proportion. And it feels to me like there's, there's a little bit something extra here beyond what was actually said. But, you know, I saw there was a rant on one of the Chicago radio shows. And like I said, a bunch of posts about it. I've heard seen it called a smear campaign of Justin Fields. And that clearly then the broadcast, you know, that when they met with the coaching staff in the front office, that they were fed all this info from the Bears coaching staff at front office to say things about Fields to make Fields seem worse and to to hype up Tyson Bajant a bit. And I just don't, I don't buy that. I mean, I don't buy that it's, that was fully intentional in that way. I think when you go back and listen to or read or hear some of the things that Chris Collinsworth said, like, sure, it was definitely informed by talking to the coaches and GM. And certainly the coaches and and front office people will say things to the broadcast guys, knowing that it'll make its way to the broadcast. And there's always some element of like, yeah, the coaches can start to control some of the narrative that way. But I didn't really see it as like, particularly aggressive or overly negative about Justin Fields. Like it felt to me fairly realistic. And I I didn't go back and listen to every single word Chris Collinsworth said throughout the broadcast, but there were a couple main quotes and sections of the broadcast that were circulating around as sort of like the evidence of, wow, look at, look at how much they're hyping up Tyson Bajan and how much they're trashing Justin Fields. And I was like, I, I didn't really quite take it that way. Like, sure. There was a, there was a there was quite a bit of talk about Bajant. Like Bajent was the story of the game and they kept talking about Bajant over and over again. And it felt a little bit overplayed. I, I will give you that. Like there was a little bit too much Bajent talk. But he's also like one of the most interesting stories in the game. And I, I don't know about in the NFL, but like, yeah, division two quarterback, like, yeah, we should talk a lot about what's going on there. Like this is a cool, unique story in a player that's easy to root for a player that has all this experience and it's kind of a fun story and he's played really well, or has played well for a division two undrafted for agent. Like, of course there should be some praise for that and some extra discussion about him as part of this in a national broadcast, especially in a game that I don't know. Do you call that a blowout? It certainly was never close. So when you get into these football games where it's not super close, there's not as much to talk about on the field and a little more to talk about off the field. That's why we saw the Chiefs-Bears broadcast talk so much about Taylor Swift because the game on the field was boring. Like, I've broadcast football games on the radio before. I do uh, play-by-play for a high school team around here, like, every week. And, yeah, when you're in those blowout games, there's not much to talk about. So you take the interesting storyline and you kind of talk about that a lot. But let me, let's me let get into specifically what Chris Collinsworth said about fields and Baygent. We don't have the rights to play NBC audio or video for you on the podcast, but I got the quote here. I even transcribed it for you. Chris, one, Like there was, there was a play that this was the main quote that was circulating around. Chris Collinsworth said, quote, I know what they're going to do with these couple of games. However long Baygent stays the starting quarterback, they're going to have Justin Fields study this guy. They're going to go, you know, this is kind of some of the stuff we want to see out of our offense when you're playing. And I think a lot of people heard that and took that as like, whoa, why would you even suggest that a first round pick, playmaker, dynamic athlete like Justin Fields would ever have to study anything Tyson Bajent did. Why are you acting like Bajant is this great quarterback and Fields needs to learn from him? How, how, what kind of narrative is that? Why are they smearing Justin Fields in that way? And you know, there was a play later on in the in the in the game when Bajent was under pressure and flushed out of the pocket of the left and kind of just threw it away, threw it down at the feet of a receiver. And Chris Collinsworth again said, like, yeah, that's the kind of play I think. The Bears want to see Justin Fields do a little bit more of, you know, it's not there. Don't try and force a pass, throw it underneath, throw it away, avoid the pressure and live to fight another down without having to force a ball in there all the time. And again, it's like, oh, wow, why is Justin Fields catching these strays from Chris Collinsworth in the middle of the game? What kind of narrative are they trying to spin here? Why are they so anti-Justin Fields? And to me, I don't think anything Chris Collinsworth said there is wrong, right? Like, Justin Fields does need to throw the ball away more, does need to take better care of the football in general, like does need to learn when to just kind of live to fight another down and and give up on a play. Sometimes doesn't mean you totally neuter him and don't let him extend plays, but you got to be able to pick your battles, right? You can't be a hero every time. Like that's something we've said all season long. That's something we've heard the bears coaches say to the media, like, yeah, just, we got to take better care of the football. And sometimes you got to learn to throw away. Justin Fields has said that too. Like, yeah, I got to throw that one away. Or, you know, sometimes I got to just let the play go and not try and make something happen. of I it. Mean, like none of that is brand new. And like, even the specific Collinsworth quote there about like, you know, they're going to have Justin Fields study this guy. I don't, I don't think they, I mean, I guess this, to me, it's like a Rorschach test. I think a lot of people don't like Chris Collinsworth and a lot of people are really defensive of Justin Fields. And those things are both valid opinions to have. But, like, I think we're combining that here to try and add some kind of spin to this that's not really there. Like, yeah. Yeah, when Justin Fields isn't playing, he should watch the tape of what Tyson Bajant does. And, you know, what? Bajant has better pocket presence than Justin Fields. Like, that, I think, is a fairly objective analysis of two quarterbacks. No one's saying Bajant is the better quarterback. But Bajant has better pocket presence. Bajant is quicker at releasing the ball. Like, these are, like, factual observations we can make watching their tape. So Justin Fields can learn from that and when you see a guy doing it in your offense differently than you do it in your offense like sure they are going to have Justin Fields look at that I mean maybe the verb there study learn from him makes it feel like there's a weird power dynamic thing there but I think that's just Chris Collinsworth talking during a live broadcast and just maybe I don't think the word choice was super intentional there about like trying to frame it a certain way I think it's just like true yeah Justin Fields does need to learn and grow in some of these ways. And it's not, it's not a shot at Fields to say that. And it's not, he's not even saying that he never says Tyson Bajan is this great quarterback. He's just like, hey, here's a thing that Bajan did here that, hey, Fields, Fields is gonna need to learn to do that too, when Fields is back out there. Like, yeah, it's just part of what they were talking about with the quarterbacks here. But to me, it didn't feel like any sort of like orchestrated attack on Justin Fields. To me, this all feels like a really big overreaction. Like certainly be mad at the Bears coaching staff for not utilizing Justin Fields properly and trying to make Baygent and Fields run the same style of offense when they're two very different quarterbacks. But like, I don't know why Chris Collinsworth is getting on the receiving end of this. Again, my theory is that a lot of people just don't like Chris Collinsworth, which is fine. That's a good, it's a valid opinion to have. A lot of people are very defensive of Justin Fields, which is a valid opinion to have. And and Justin Fields often gets criticized too much. Like I, I get those things, but to try and like, I think we're sort of spinning both of those things to be Collinsworth attacking fields. I think Collinsworth was just sort of commenting on where fields needs to grow and where Bayent, what Baygent is doing well versus not doing well. And to me, like, this, not a big deal. Like, I don't know why we're so stuck on this when it's a two-win football team that's terrible in so many other ways, and we're getting stuck on this Baygent-Fields thing. Like, we saw against the Chargers that Baygent is not the guy. Like, he's he's a fine backup quarterback, but we kind of saw definitively there, like, oh, yeah, there's no quarterback controversy here. So why are we getting mad about a quarterback controversy that doesn't actually exist, and not that it existed in the first place, but certainly doesn't exist anymore? If there was any whispers of a quarterback controversy after the Raiders game, it's gone now. Justin Fields is the guy. There's no questioning that at this point. So why why are we mad about the broadcast kind of comparing the two quarterbacks? Like it's it's it was kind of a relevant part of it's a very relevant part of Justin Fields' game, and when the broadcast is talking about the quarterback situation, it's 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 relevant in that moment too. So I I don't know, I, I I get it, but it just feels like we're making a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be here. I don't think it's some big conspiracy theory to defame Justin Fields. I think it's just how the, that's how the broadcast goes. And and it's some valid criticism of Justin Fields and he, he deserves that. And you know, Bajant does too. And that's, that's kind of where I feel like that situation is. It's just weird the way we sort of treated that, that whole thing, but not the only weird thing coming out from the Chicago bears this week. Certainly it's been a weird season on the whole, but now some strangeness with Jaquan Brisker. And I have some real concern about what's going on with Jaquan Brisker. Not from like a concern about the coaching staff, but just like for Jaquan himself. We'll we'll learn more about what's happening with the concussion that went away and came back without playing a football game in between. Next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. America's number one sports book. And if you haven't played with FanDuel before, now is a great time to get in on the action because FanDuel has a great offer for new FanDuel users. Right now, new customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So you bet $5 on your team to win straight up. Not against the spread, just a straight up. I think this team is going to win. $5 on that bet. If you win, Not only are you going to get the $5 for winning that bet, you're going to get an extra $150 in bonus winnings if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. For example, Bears Saints. The money line is Bears plus 295. If you want to bet the spread, it's Bears plus seven on the road, seven-point underdogs, and the over-under is set at 41.5. But you don't have to bet on the Bears. $5 money line on anything. Win your money line bet. You're getting $150 added to your account on top of your regular winning. So you got to check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get your free bonus bets with that $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Jaquan Brisker didn't play against the Los Angeles Chargers after not practicing all week with what was described as an illness. And, you know, we've seen Terrell Smith, the cornerback, has been out with an illness, which we found out was mono. But Jaquan Brisker's illness was one we didn't really get any details on throughout the week. Just wasn't feeling well, wasn't able to play on Sunday. And we thought, okay, you'll get well soon, Jaquan Brisker. You know, get some good sleep and some vitamin C, stay hydrated, and hopefully we'll see you next week, right? But Matt Eberflus comes out on Monday and adds, uh, I was going to say a new wrinkle, but it's a quite big wrinkle to that. It's more of like a fold in half to the Jaquan Brisker situation here. It, it's very strange. And I think let's start with what Iberflus said, because what we knew is that Jaquan Brisker was, was diagnosed with or suffered a concussion two weeks ago against the Raiders, left that game, and then was cleared coming out of that game. But I'll have Matt Iberflus kind of explain uh, what happened from there.
1: Jaquan Brisker, right? So we been important that he was been ill um, for a week. Um, so Sunday, Monday, um, he checked out uh, fine with evaluation. And with an uh, independent neurologist in being cleared from concussion, right? So he was he was all set. Then Tuesday reported that he was ill, right, and had a fever. And that, that persisted through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, you know, and into Friday brought him into the building, right? So he was in, in here then. And then uh, still not feing, feeling well. Uh, we ruled him out on Saturday. Um, and then, again, wasn't feeling well. And then his illness, you know, cleared, you know, Saturday. Then Sunday he felt uh, he was cleared. Um, in terms of his illness and then still felt a little bit off, you know, in terms of, uh, having different like symptoms and, and those types of things. So we got him reevaluated. Um, and then now he's in back into concussion protocol. And that was, uh, on Sunday, wasn't feeling well. And then Monday this morning, uh, we got him tested again and he's now back in concussion protocol. So that's where it is. I understand that's, uh, unique. I've never had that happen before, but again, he got, and got ill during that process. And then, uh, when he was done being ill, then he still had the symptoms. And we were working with Jaquan the whole way, talking to him, making sure he was squared away. And the most important thing is is our players' safety and health. And uh, Jaquan did a good, very good job of, of communicating with us. And uh, the training staff did a really good job, too.
0: My concern here is not that you know the Bears mishandled this or had some kind of blunder or something here, some kind of mistake and like, oh, Matt Iberflus, what did you do, kind of thing. My concern here is more for... Jaquan Brisker, like that sounds really scary and like concerning that he was able to clear concussion protocol right after the game, but then developed sickness symptoms, illness symptoms that, I mean, I would assume are concussion related. I mean, I'm not a neurologist or any kind of concussion expert, but I can imagine if you know, you suffer some kind of head injury that You know, if you're experiencing, I think what he mentioned, like fever and some other stuff like that's, it's all in the same general area, you know, (laughs) know, it's in your head and and I could see where those things could be connected in some real way. But like the fact that like he's been kind of sick in an unexplained way. And then like, presumably if, if the concussion caused the illness, then he would still be, I mean, I don't know the definition of still be concussed, but like would still be, it it would indicate that the, the severity of the concussion was perhaps, worse than we thought and then maybe that the bears thought initially and so then all of a sudden it's like it seems like a, a a fairly serious concussion if he's then back in the concussion protocol and like dealing with sickness i mean i guess is there a chance here that he happened to catch a flu bug while also being concussed and that they're they're not directly related in that same way i suppose i'm not a doctor but it just seems very concerning to me like we think of you know concussion issues are very serious and it's like maybe they have light sensitivity and, you know, just like cloudy thinking and stuff like serious, serious brain stuff. But then when you get like additional physical symptoms of like body health combined with what I'm sure if he's back in the concussion protocol and is showing concussion symptoms are also those, those sorts of things like that, it can mess up your body like pretty good. And we've seen Jaquan Brisker have like an injury history here. And again, I'm not even talking from like a you know, a player, a player reliability, like, you know, durability type while he's on the field or off the field. But I just mean like, again, from like the, the man's general state of well being here, like he has, he's been through the ringer a bit here. And I think he had a concussion last year. I'm trying to pull up his injury history while I talk at the same time. Yeah. He missed a couple of games with a concussion last season. And so those things start to stack up and everybody's brain responds a little bit differently. And not every concussion is the same and the same severity. And and it's just, it's a concern for me for for just like him as, as a human being, as a player that is not just a, a, a robot in a helmet that runs around the field and hits people hard, but a person with a family and and like a livelihood and a, like a long-term future. And, I you know, especially with the way the Tua Tunga-Vailoa situation last year really put the spotlight on concussions. And we were starting to get into that conversation again this week with Brock Purdy because he suffered a concussion last week and then had like a – a play that looked like he hit his head, but wasn't diagnosed with a concussion, and it's like this is this is serious stuff that affects these guys not just in the season, doesn't just affect the team right now when he's on or off the field, but affects them for the rest of their life. You know they develop long term issues or later in life issues that are tied back to having had so many hits to the head and concussions earlier in their in their football playing career. and so like I just get extra concern when there's a certain level of oddity or strangeness around this. Like, Roshan Johnson also had a concussion and missed a full game and came back this last week and certainly also concerned about him and his concussion, but, like, he, his concussion situation seemed to follow more standard concussion, you know, procedure in the sense that, yes, head injury goes through protocol like normal, eventually clears protocol, ready to play. Brisker left the protocol. Like, the protocol is supposed to prevent... You know, re-injury is supposed to keep players safe, as Iberflue said, like, it's about player safety and good on the Brisker and the doctors and stuff for communicating throughout all this and making sure that he didn't end up playing despite being out of the concussion protocol because that could have been even disastrous. Like, the closer you are to your previous concussion, the more risk you are of further damage from the next concussion. And so, like, I'm glad he didn't end up playing and then going back in the concussion protocol. But, like, it feels like something was wrong with the protocol here. You know, that the protocol didn't probably not that the bears did anything wrong or that someone was it's not to me it's not that like someone was negligent or bad at their job in this case but like the system maybe isn't designed to properly capture the complexities of brain injuries that can pre- present in this way and i, I can't but wonder like have there been other situations where a player gets a concussion clears concussion protocol but maybe if they retested for concussion symptoms later like they did for brisker here would players like our players clearing concussion protocol too easily and slipping through the cracks a little bit through this process and leading themselves to greater risk and maybe derailing their careers and hurting their teams more as a result and to me that's kind of the big scary thing that comes out of this for brisker and why i wanted to like address it here And i hope everything is fine with him i hope from here he's treated in, in more of a concussion appropriate protocol however that ends up working for him and he can get back to playing soon and be hundred percent and not be limited by this. Cause I think he said last year that like the concussion thing really limited him for a while. It really kind of messed him up. So he might just be someone who's more uh, not sensitive is not the right word, but more sensitive to concussions, like more vulnerable to concussion type situations. And so like, let's be careful with this and like protect this young man from himself, if anything, if not, you know, protect him from the sport of the football. So we're going to keep an eye on what's going on with Jaquan Brisker throughout this process. If we get any updates on him, You can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here in the Lockdown Bears podcast. Same thing with the trade deadline. If there are any big surprise moves that we're not expecting, that'll be a big part of our conversation moving forward. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Barring some kind of big breaking news, tomorrow, our podcast will be a conversation with Matt Waldman from the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. And we're going to go in-depth on Tyson Bajan. Breaking him down as a quarterback, what he does well, what he doesn't do well, where he needs to go from here, what he did well in college, what his trajectory might look like as an NFL quarterback from someone who studied him a lot coming out of college and was very high on him in the pre-draft process. So Waldman's one of my favorite people in sports media, but also like draft analysts, especially at the skill positions. That's really his focus. And he gets a lot of these guys right in a way that he doesn't get enough credit for and in a way that other people also don't get nearly the high hit rate that someone like Matt Waldman does. So come on back for that conversation tomorrow. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you're keeping up with all of our daily bears talk, make us your first listen each and every day. So you're always not So you're not missing a single thing we do. And you're always starting your day then with another opportunity to bear down.